deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shriekcast, no longer a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I'm your host, CC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we have passed the threshold. It is no longer spooky season. Halloween's over. Yep. It's the in-between month between Halloween (laughs) and uh, holiday (laughs) obligations. That's right. We've got a couple of weeks left before it's all hands on deck for for family holiday stuff. Uh, Although I guess actually I get a reprieve from that. We don't do Thanksgiving because we're English. So Mm. I'm... I'm a little I'm a little blessed in that department. How, how about you? What's what's your what calendar looking like coming up here? Uh, I don't know how I did it, but I like completely scammed my way out of Thanksgiving. Like, I just think I said to people that I hate Thanksgiving enough times that no one <laughs> bugs me about it anymore. Yo, I'm like, let's I'm too, go. I'm too busy. I can't. I It's like a four day weekend. And why would I not just take that for myself? Yeah, no kidding. Awesome. Okay, you've you've cracked the code here. Then. <laughs> I must seize my four day weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You've got you've got important stuff to do that isn't eating brown mushy food. Yeah, yeah. Did you uh, did you do anything from fun for Halloween? Did you end up watching a movie or anything anything scary? <laughs> no, I. So we went through it last time. How um how I'm a liar, maybe. And I was like, oh, I didn't get trick-or-treaters, but like I didn't get trick-or-treaters because I had turned off all the lights and didn't have any decorations. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, I specifically went and got candy, and then guess what I did? Uh, you left the lights off. I did leave the lights off, and therefore <laughs> did not get any trick-or-treaters, and now have two big bags full of candy for myself. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I, uh, I, I ended up in a similar position, although not, like, on purpose. I, I had the thing this year of I did expect trick-or-treaters and, like, got candy and had a big bowl and left the lights on, and nobody came. Not a single one. Wow. A little sad, honestly. That is sad. I do like to see the kids' costumes. I want to know yeah. what, what kids are dressing up as these days. Perhaps some Five Nights at Freddy's. I, I can recognize that you're in a skibbity toilet <laughs> costume. <laughs> right. Yeah. Didn't get it. I didn't get to I didn't get to impress anyone anyone trick-or-treating. It was sad. That is sad. I guess the um <laughs> the most festive thing I did for Halloween was send you a picture of my elfin lead Lucy costume from when I was 15. <laughs> that was so fucking awesome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I like that that see, that's one you you could get into into the same situation I did by dressing up as that again, and then the the trick-or-treaters will have to go, what the hell is that? <laughs> spread the gospel of bad anime from the 2000s that's right that's right maybe that'll be my costume next year yeah yeah so you you got all this candy you didn't hand any out uh what, what are you sitting on what do you got so nothing good i mean it no it is good right because i'm gonna eat it uh but mm-hmm. it is one of those like packs of like multi candy like a halloween pack right 
I said not good. I said not good, but what I meant is like I didn't go out and get like king size candy bars for the kids, oh, right? Sure, I sure, got sure, like sure, sure. It, it's not like oh I hit the jackpot at this house. They had like the good stuff, but like it's gonna be delicious. I've got Twix, I've got Milky Ways, I've got Snickers, I've got um weird weird fave of mine is the Three Musketeers bar, which I would oh, never yeah. think to buy in a million years. But like when Halloween rolls around, I'm like I. I can't get enough of those Three Musketeers. I am a big fan of Three Musketeers and Hundred Grand. I think Hundred Grand's pretty good. Yeah, those are pretty good. Uh, those, and I feel like those are sort of underrated ones. Uh, whenever I went trick or treating, the the thing that I would always get excited to get was the Airheads mystery flavor. Ooh, yeah. And the thing is, is that when I was a kid, I did not realize that it was so. Like it's. It is mystery flavored. It always tastes the same. It's just the mystery flavor. But I always would like psych myself up and be like, I wonder what it is this year. It's never different. (laughs) It was just always mystery flavor. But I I liked those a lot. Uh, Do you think they still make that? I believe they do. Yeah, I think I think Airheads Mystery is still is still around. It's the white one, right? It's like yeah. I just feel like we've been really training up on like all of the um, limited edition Coke flavors and trying yeah. to like divine what the like flavor chemical that they put in it. I would like to try a mystery flavor Airhead and see if I have like my I've honed my skills and can try oh. to figure out like what flavoring they put in it. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. We should see if we can get our hands on some and, and, and try and figure it out. Yeah. There are there are a lot of mystery flavor things I've noticed this year. There's like, did did you ever go to the store and see the Skittles that are like the Halloween Skittles? No. They're, the Halloween Skittles are just normal Skittles, but like one in every 10 of them is secretly a like sour Skittle, which. Ooh, scary. Yeah, I I guess it's does. I feel like that doesn't really hit the same when it's like when it's not like one. Oh, one of these is ghost pepper or something. Right. Which is clearly the thing they're trying to uh, emulate there. But it was it was cute, I guess. Like, that's cute. I will say I don't like to be surprised when I'm eating. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, so, so no, no horror movies, no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing thematic. No, this I year. had to be at work at 5 a.m. the next day, Oof. you know? Yeah. I, uh, I did end up watching the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Oh, how was it? Ooh, it was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've heard. That's too bad. Yeah. It was not good. I, I, so here's the thing. I, I had a, a, a real genuine curiosity about it because, I love practical effects and the animatronics are all like actual animatronics in the movie. And I was like, well, I don't care about Five Nights at Freddy's, but that is insanely cool. I want to see that. And it is like not even a horror movie. It's really weird. I don't know anything about the lore. I don't know if we have if there's any FNAF heads who, who listen to the show confirm whether i'm i'm right or wrong here but it just seems like they invented a whole new thing for this movie to be about so you didn't have like the cool merchandisable characters like killing good guys basically what really yeah they're like that's so sad yeah they like only kill like bad guys and uh 
in the one scene that they are like threatening the good guys, they don't actually get anyone. They, and then they and then they turn good at the end. So, huh? I don't think that's like I, I've not played Five Nights at Freddy's, but I assume that's not the case. I thought they like jump scare you on like the cameras and shit and it's freaky and they're coming to get you. Yeah, I, I tweeted as much, but I I'm sure that if the Five Nights at Freddy's games came out in like 2004, 2005, I would have been so into it. Oh, yeah. I Like the the on the level of like like trashy horror stuff, they do seem like they slot right into like. Like, like this is this generation's like type of thing, like Elfin Lead, right? Yeah, hell yeah. I super get why people like this. Um, it definitely passed me by. But I was, I was watching it, hoping for like one. I just wanted to see some cool puppets, and for what it, what it's worth, the puppets are insanely cool, but they're barely in the movie. And then I was also hoping because it was Halloween. I was like, this will be. I'll get some some scares in. Right. Barely a jump scare to be had in it, and no tension. So isn't just it sort just of a, jump scare the game? That's the thing is, I wonder. I I super wonder if like, I, but like it can't be this because it's it's the studio is is Bloomhouse, which like only does horror movies for the most part. So I was like, w- did someone somewhere be like, this is for kids? We can't have it be too scary. But like the games are like a huge hit with young people and. It's all scares, right? Like it's just constant jump scares and and spooky stuff. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. Jump scares are funny because a lot of people really don't enjoy them, right? Mm-hmm. They're turned off by jump scares, and I think that's like totally valid. But I also think jump scares are like the most like kid friendly horror trope possible. Yeah, it's just a yeah. jump scare. It's not something like like psychologically torturous, right? Or like, <laughs> right. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I was so afraid of of jump scares. I would like look up movies before I went to see them <laughs> to know if there were any. And and I think that actually ended up making it worse for me when I was a kid because I would just spend the whole movie like gripping the seat waiting for like when it was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And nowadays I really enjoy them. I love getting scared. Uh I love getting getting sh- shocked and I've always I like if you don't if people don't like them, I think that's totally valid. Like, you know, people don't like any any sort of genre conventions like whatever. Yeah, that's totally fine. The the one thing I always get a little uh, amused by is when there's like arguments about like jump scares being cheap mm. or like like, oh, that's not a real scare. That's like not that's not like I prefer to be psychologically horrored or whatever. And I'm just like, <laughs> OK, but you did get scared, right? Like a thing did jump out at you and scare you. That's pretty scary, right? That's so right. I, it is scary. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a balance. I mean, like there there are good jump scares and lazy jump scares, but I, I like I like to be ah, I like a, I like a good shock. I do. I do love a jump scare. Speaking of actually. Uh, if, if, if speaking of like Halloween stuff and jump scares, I got I've got a pitch for you. Yeah, I, I got to recommend Alan Wake to you. Ooh. Um, the new Alan Wake game came out, uh, the second one, and it's really, really insanely good. I had a great time with it, and it it's sort of hitting on a bunch of stuff that I think is in your horror wheelhouse. Yeah. You like you like uh, you like time loops. That's right. You like uh, author characters who are like controlling the story, perhaps? I sure do. <laughs> so Alan Wake <laughs> is you like you like Twin Peaks. You like you like bad network TV as well. Uh, I think 
I think I'm sold on this one. So the caveat is that the first game kind of stinks, but it's like the story is amazing, but like the the gameplay is sort of rough. So like either either play it and just sort of slog through the gameplay on easy or watch a YouTube video of the first one. Um, but yeah, it's it's like a imagine if James Patterson got caught in his own horror novel is sort of the is sort of the premise here. Hmm. But the new the new one is like fantastic and it's it's like set in Washington. So it has some like cool like, oh, hey, I recognize this. This looks like outside to me. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that was a good game. I don't know how Alan Wake just like completely passed me by, although I guess if Mm -hmm. the gameplay is bad, then that makes sense. But (laughs) there are a lot of like great story, bad gameplay games that I love. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. The, fir- the first one is totally that. And then it's it's also do you remember? I think I pitched to you a, wh- a while ago. Control. Oh, right. Yeah. The game. It's in the same like they- they've sort of got their own weird, like connected story universe going on here. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's a that's a pitch for you, I think. Uh, Great. Ch- check that out. I will. I will. Most importantly, some- something else happened over this this holiday weekend. Yeah. How was your recital? <laughs> it was it was good. It um was really fun to do and it's great <laughs> to be be back on the big stage playing for an audience of uh between 30 and 50 people. Um <laughs> it is if you can uh go into your mind palace and imagine what it would be like to watch um, several adults who have been playing stringed instruments for the first time ever uh, for two to five years, uh, and then add me in who played for <laughs> 15 years and then took 10 years off and have been playing for about two months. Um, and maybe that'll get you about about how it was. Remember when we were doing the the guessing game and I played you that one and you were like, oh, I recognize I recognize high school repertoire anywhere. Yeah. Was it sort of like that vibe? Yeah. Yeah. But like a little more out of tune. <laughs> just a touch more out of tune. Just a touch more of the bows or. Uh, well, the bows were the bowings were mostly together. I'll give mm-hmm. it that. So, um, uh, no, and, and you know, I've been back. I've been playing for maybe it's more like three months now. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, for three weeks before the performance, um, I decided I was a little too good to practice the music and played a bunch of League of Legends. Um, so it was <laughs> also a little rusty on the songs. Oh, no, your own hubris. My own hubris. And some drama, some strings drama. Oh, shit. Um, so our violist, our one violist, um, missed two weeks in a row for being sick, understandable, mm-hmm. um, then missed a week of practice because he was up late driving someone to the airport. Mm. Okay. Was back for a week then was gone sick again and then for the recital couldn't come because he didn't want to make people uncomfortable who didn't want to be sick. All understandable, uh, right? Yeah, but that's like yeah. a lot, it's a lot of weeks in a row to miss. Yeah. Um, so we had um 
a guest violist come and play with us um, who was a very, very nice lady and was like a, a retired like high school orchestra teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really fun. And she was a part of it. But um, it was her first time seeing the music ever. So that was sort of our, our ragtag group <laughs> of um, of strings players. The A-team. Yeah. I, I, it, it sounds like it was still really worth doing and kind of fun. Yes. Oh, for, it was really fun. Um, I was really thrilled for the people in my group who are are brand new. Um, and and like, it's really impressive to me. Like I'm not, like that's so cool to be an adult and be like, you know, I've never played an instrument before don't know how to read music. I'm going to do that. I'm going to put on a performance and all that. And they were really excited about it. And like, they got like videotape of it, which is how I know that's a little out of tune. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe more than what I could hear above my own playing. Um, uh, But it was really, it was nice. And it was like everyone's family and yeah, uh, it was sweet. That's that is a really impressive one to jump into for I'm learning an instrument for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you're an adult, that's already a pretty tough, you know, that that's a that's a big undertaking. And to do that with string instruments, which I would say is like one of the most difficult ones to learn, probably there's a lot more going on there than with like, I mean, even just like guitar. Guitars have frets. Yeah, guitars have frets and you can you can get by just knowing like a few chords really, but like with with like a violin or something, you're there's you're signing up for a lot. So big undertaking, impressive, laudable. Yeah, um stringed instruments like violin, viola, cello, um you it it takes a lot of stick-to-itiveness mm-hmm. because you sound so bad for so long. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. a really long time, you're out of tune and just don't sound very good. Um, yeah. So it's it is impressive. So like when when because this is a beginner class that you're sort of sitting in on here. Sort of, yeah. So like because like with a guitar, just for an example, like it's there's a lot like the ceiling is pretty high on guitar, but you can learn how to play smoke on the water in like a day, probably, you know, sure. like, yeah, bah, bah, bah. what's the closest violin equivalent of that? I mean, I can't think I'm like my first thing that I think is hot cross buns. Right. Um, yeah. But like, that's not a pop song. Um, right. I guess but, but, there's smoke but just on the something, water, but something you know that's what like, I mean. Oh, I can do the whole. Th- I can do the whole thing now. I can do the right. whole thing. Um, there's nothing cool. I I honestly think it might be like Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Like I can play Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, but but that's yeah. sort of the problem with learning like the violin is that you can play Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer um, and be like, yes, I did it. I played the whole thing, but you're not going to be in tune. Right. So it's going to sound really bad. Whereas like (laughs) I picked up a guitar and spent an hour learning smoke on the water. It's going to sound fine. Right. Yeah. Well, because you've got the frets and and then what like at the end of the day, you're kind of like alternating between like two or three chords. Right. So it's really just getting getting your like hand position muscle memory in. Whereas just just like the amount of like the fine detail of like where on the violin 
you're placing your fingers and stuff is just so yeah it's I, I i really just impressive to try and learn it at all at yeah. any age honestly. yeah it's tough um now are you going to be sticking with the group or are you you off to i'm still i'm still waiting for my invite to the next um mm. the next level so so we'll see how i did um okay but I I think that there is a little bit of a like I'm helping out kind of vibe now. And so mm-hmm. I'm a little like oh, I do want to stay and help out, but Yeah, this is your crew now. It is my crew. Yeah, yeah. I I, I get that. Um what do you have any like now that you've been playing a bit longer uh, again, do you have any like, oh, I I want to learn to play this type? Like like any goal pieces or anything like that? Um, yeah, I was in the music store and there was this kid playing like the Minecraft soundtrack on a piano. And I was like, why am I not playing Undertale on the violin? <laughs> Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to that's got to be out there. There's got to be an Undertale. But I, I've seen Undertale piano books out there. Yeah. Yeah. There are like official ones for the piano, but I doubt there are for the violin. Hmm. How's you did? You also sent me a picture of the Star Wars one that you got. You got the Star Wars book. I, I did get the Star Wars book because I'm working on like some like uh, technique stuff, like because mm-hmm. um, I've developed some bad habits that I'm trying to break. But that's like a lot of years of muscle memory to break. So I was like, oh, I'll get something like easy uh, mm-hmm. to play while I try to like fix my like elbow position or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I got the I got the Star Wars play along book, which comes with um, a digital download of accompaniments, which is very fun because you can like put on the like orchestral um, accompaniment for you while you're playing the like beautiful um, Attack of the Clones love theme or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But it came in like a (laughs) hilarious like music player app instead of just letting you download the mp3s (laughs) it's like it looks like winamp it's so awesome yeah hell yeah it's 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 like the kind of ui i have not seen on a computer for like 20 years it's so cool it's like yeah it's got a big knob on it for the volume it's got like the picture of the book that you're playing along to in the sites <laughs> it's so yeah. busy i love it <laughs> oh i used to listen to all my mp3s in in a ui that looked like that way back when before That's ipods right. yeah <laughs> downloading before iPods. Skins before ipods very scary thing to say yeah it is <laughs> speaking of before ipods um neopets We've been mm-hmm. discussing it quite a bit recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you've gotten back into it. Uh, I I tried and accidentally sent to my spam folder an invite to uh, Grundo's Cafe. So Oops. sad. Um, but uh, it's sort of back in the news again after our DMV ad discussion. Uh, because the new CEO is sort of doing the big puff piece interview rounds currently. Really? This is mm-hmm. this is news to me. Yes, Vanity Fair has a long interview with him. What? Yeah, uh, as well as a little article about like what his goals with the company are now. And weirdly, so does The Gamer. 
uh, they have their own interview with him, which has the most important tidbit that I wanted to hone in on here before getting into the the broader interview in Vanity Fair. This is from the interview with The Gamer. I have to ask about John Legend being the new face of Neopets. (laughs) CEO Dominic Law says that Legend has a huge global audience and his core target market overlaps surprisingly well with Neopets. But he also says that Legend and his family are all Neopets fans. I tell him that I heard Chrissy Teigen used to be a Neopets forum mod, and he confirms he was aware of this too. It's still unclear why they chose Legend over Teigen, who is a famous model and TV presenter herself. Perhaps because she was publicly lambasted for cyberbullying in 2021, but Legend is a big name that could help boost Neopets publicity with its older and more nostalgic audience. Wow. Yeah. I don't think that he has said anything about Neopets from since that like cameo video. Yeah, that's the thing is that I I I understand this answer being paraphrased here, like in theory. Like, yeah, I guess there's some overlap with like the age of his audience and the age of Neopets' audience and, and whatnot and, and his 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 reach. Um, what I don't understand is uh, what did you pay him to do <laughs> exactly? <laughs> and how much? <laughs> and how much? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did that. He did that one video where he said, hello, I am the new ambassador of Neopets and I love it. I played it so much. Anyway, bye. And then disappeared. So. Hmm. I'm hoping I feel like I feel like the Shriekcast ley line doesn't work if we talk about it beforehand. But I if if we could if we could all utter a prayer to get John Legend to say something else about Neopets in a video, that would be swell. You know, like, yeah, yeah. If we can bend the ley line to our will just this once, that would be that would be swell. I would like him to request a specific game for them to bring back. Cause they're, cause they came. So when the, when the new company showed up and when we're like, okay, we're going to fix Neopets, we're independent now. They brought back like 10 of the flash games. Mm-hmm. And I want John legend to be like, what I really want is for them to bring back escape from Meridale castle castle. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do it. Cause they have to. Yeah. If John legend yeah. requests it. John Legend, if John Legend can say, hey, we we need NeoQuest back. Both <sighs> of them. Yeah. You know, and and they and they work on modern browsers now and all the data is there. That would be yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, actually, that's how do, he can prove because they're PHTML games. But <laughs> is that what it's called? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not very smart about HTML. So so here is here is the interview from Vanity Fair, which is a little more um, in depth, maybe. But it has one question here that is, I I think, just sums up everything we've been saying about the Neopet stuff this whole time and how Mm -hmm. funny their goals are. Do you want a Neopets movie? Moving Neopets (laughs) to the big screen is definitely a goal we would love to explore. It's too early to say now. Or even having a part of Universal Studios with a Neopets theme park? That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be so sick. You're that so right. That would be right. so awesome if there was a NeoQuest 
Neo Quest fucking section of Disney World. That would be awesome. The Super Mario movie has been a great success, but it's different because Mario never left. It's <laughs> an amazing sentence. Neo Pets never left. They made so much evolution throughout those years, and there are all these other browser-based games, for example, like RuneScape. They're still making a killing, even though they put out new game experiences. The original game is what people love the most. Animal Crossing is definitely something we're also learning from, since building up the Neo Home is part of the Neopets game. If we were to evolve the minigames, then Mario Party would make a lot more sense. More multiplayer social minigames. But I would say the near-term effort is actually fixing the original site. Dog, the question was, do you want a movie? He's so funny. People ask it like I feel like in every like more like smaller scale interview, they always ask him like, what are you going to do about the inflation of the Neopets economy? And he always says like, well, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're right. It is. I Yeah, I, I love all of these questions seem to be answered by a sort of roundabout thing about, like, I would love to be as famous as Mario, and then, but really, we've got to fi- fix the website, which sort of feels like maybe you got to get on that. I don't know. That seems like the, the goal number one is right there. Let's get those games working, huh? Yeah, yeah. NeoQuest does work, though, because it's a PHP game is what it is. Okay. It's not PHTML, okay. which is not a thing. And I only say that because if any... Who knows anything about PHP out there can help Mm. me scrape all the data out of NeoQuest before it goes dark. Mm. Please DM me. Yes. That's my my call. Have have we talked about your projects on here? I think a little bit. I was was recreating NeoQuest and RPG Maker. So I have all the like pictures. But I don't. But and I have all these like Excel spreadsheets of like data gathering that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, But I don't know how to actually like get the data of how the um, how the how it's programmed, really. You you were doing some impressive stuff. You were like trying to reverse engineer all of like the attack damage stats and stuff, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Using uh data gathering and math, nothing to do with programming. So that mm-hmm. would certainly shortcut things if I knew anything. <laughs> no, it was it was fairly impressive. But yeah, if anybody uh if anybody has that that data, uh send it send it Liz's way. It's yeah, uh, it's important. It's for the future of of uh of 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 these amazing Potter or uh, these amazing God Potter, these amazing uh, uh Neopets pieces of history why did i say potter dark As dark energies curse, emanating curse from yeah. the past <laughs> i'll never be free i'll never be free from from that yeah yeah uh i guess we should get to our reading for this week huh speaking of the curse yeah i guess so <laughs> i guess we could do that the hunger games huh the hunger games catching fire chapter 12 um, let's, let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, Katniss is pretty excited after confirming what she had been told about the reused footage of District 13. Um, however, her stylists, stylists have arrived a few weeks early to dress her up for her bridal photo shoot. While that's all happening, they mention a shortage of seafood, and Katniss presses them for information about other supply chain disruptions. She bets it is because of revolts that are happening in the districts. 
After her photo shoot, Katniss is desperate to talk about her new intel regarding the uprisings as well as District 13, um, she, so she heads out to find a confidant. Uh, she eventually takes a walk with Hamish. He is not that impressed by her story about District 13 and comes up with some, some alternative reasons uh, why they would be using or reusing footage, um, and also sort of expresses skepticism about an uprising in District 12 because there are fewer people than in a lot of the other districts. Katniss and her family watch TV that evening, where Katniss's photo shoot of her in various wedding gowns is shown so that the audience can vote on what she should wear. After the feature about Katniss's wedding, there is a surprise announcement about the Hunger Games. This year is the Quarter Quell, which is a special twist on the Hunger Games that happens once every 25 years. On the 25th Quarter Quell, the districts were made to vote on which children would be sent to the games. On the 50th, twice as many tributes were sent. And now, on the 75th quarter quell, the tributes would be chosen, but from the victors of the previous Hunger Games. Since there is only one female victor in District 12, Katniss will definitely be going back to the arena to compete in the Hunger Games once more. Chapter 13. Katniss, in her despair and panic, runs out of the door trying to escape, but she can't. The fence is electrified. She ends up in a, in the cellar of one of the houses in the Victor's Village as she has a big think about how horrible all this is. Suddenly, she remembers that Peter Hamich will have to go as well, and that snaps her back into reality. She knows that even if Hamich was selected, Peter would volunteer to go back so that he could protect her. Katniss goes and finds Hamish and starts drinking with him. Katniss and Hamish make a deal that this time, if Peta ends up back in the arena, that Katniss and Hamish will do their best to save his life this time. Katniss stumbles home and runs into Gale, who tells her that she was right the whole time and they should have run away together while they had a chance. Katniss tells him it is too late and then passes out. She wakes up with a terrible hangover and throws up and is just in a really bad state. Prim and her mom uh, comfort her without words, taking care of her while she cries. She sleeps again and wakes up feeling a bit better. Katniss ends up taking some broth over to Hamish, who is certainly also hungover, uh, when she finds Peta, who announces that he has just thrown out all of Hamish's alcohol. If they have to go back into the arena, someone is going to win. They have a training montage where they watch videos of all the other victors to learn their strengths and weaknesses, work on their combat skills, and even Gail gets in on it and helps them learn how to make snares. One time, as Gail and Katniss are hanging out after training, Gail mentions that he wishes it were easier to hate Peta. Katniss agrees, saying that she wouldn't be in this mess if she could have just killed him in the Hunger Games. Gail says, and then where would we be, Katniss? She kind of sidesteps him hitting on her, though, and says that they'd just be hunting every Sunday. The day of the reaping is here once again. Hamish is selected as the male tribute, but predictably, Peta takes his place. Katniss has prepared some goodbyes, but does not have the chance to give them. She is taken away, and Peacekeeper Thread tells, lets her know that there's a new procedure, and she is whisked away on the train without a chance to say goodbye to anyone. And that's the end of our chapters. Ha! We're back in the Hunger Games. We're back in the Hunger Games. It's the Hunger Games again. It's the Hunger Games again. You called it down to the letter. <laughs> I sure did, didn't I? It's the Hunger Games All-Stars match. <laughs> yeah. We gotta get them back in there. Uh, everything... Everything... Ha look, I, like, 
I, I get it. I get that the franchise is called The Hunger Games. It's all about The Hunger Games. They were going to do another Hunger Games, but I kind of wish they hadn't done another Hunger Games. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was so invested, even even though it is sort of like, like very pat and, and, and kind of all over the place, the the potential for the like the rebellion storyline is so much more intriguing to me than like how Katniss is going to go through another game again, especially if she's going to be as passive in this one as she was in the last one. Right. Well, when you read hatchet book two, what are you going in for? You're going in for more hatchet. (laughs) You're going in for more striking the ax against, against the Flint to make a little spark on the Tinder that you got. Uh, You're going that's in true. for yeah. That that that's true. To be fair, I, I I I get that. I just hope that she actually does that this time, and instead of like, like how how crazy are you going to go in in the next Hunger Games segment if she gets like she's like up in a tree and is in like the perfect position to like snipe someone and doesn't even think about it happening again? Uh, I think that's what. What kills me about these chapters, too, is because they have this whole training montage, but I need them to work on their mental. Like, I want, I need one (laughs) conversation between Katniss and Hamish where Hamish is like, listen. (laughs) You do actually need to fight people this time. If you have a bow and arrow and you watch someone just walk across an open field and don't shoot them. (laughs) That's an L. (laughs) Yeah, that's the main thing is there's a lot there's a lot in this and it literally is a training montage. It's so funny. Like like we have a we we break from a very detailed scene that's going line by line, bit of dialogue by bit of dialogue straight into we learned how to do this. We learned how to do this. We were climbing trees. We were doing like just just very much like just just whisking through this this um a uh, 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 set of stuff that they 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 decided to teach themselves, and it and it is like they're lifting weights, they're throwing knives, they're shooting bows, they're like there. So there's a detail about like Effie is sending Hamish like the football tapes of the other <laughs> yeah. champions for them to watch, and I'm like, this is actually kind of cool. I hope that they throw some knives and shoot some bows in the actual game, right? Because they didn't fucking do, they barely did that in the first book. Yeah. This book keeps testing me because I know what it's about. And I know that it's a like, I know that it's supposed to be like, oh, this is so bad. But it's so boring a lot of the time that it ends up <laughs> like turning me into the worst version of myself where I'm just like, I hope someone fucking dies soon. I hope something really <laughs> nasty. I want to see, I want to see Katniss like stab someone with a knife, but it like, you know, she misses like the, the, the point that would kill them. And so like it, it, blood starts spraying, you know, I just want, yeah, I want some nasty shit to happen. That's right. It's reducing me to my base, like uh, action movie desires. And I feel like that's sort of not what the intent is here. But nonetheless, that's where I am with this shit. Just like a capital citizen really makes you think. (laughs) Really makes you think. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, there's there there's an element of like, I I guess it's like trying not to be that. And it's like maybe about that. And it's like, ooh, it's it's supposed to make you feel that way and think about it. But at the same time, in the last book, as we talked about many times, 
it opens the, the game itself opens with a girl doing like Katarina from League of Legends moves on people. <laughs> yeah. And so it just sort of like that's uh, at a certain point, I just have to be like, that's your fault. Like, like, that's the expectation you've set. I want to see some I want to see some cool shit happen. Um, <laughs> that's that's on you, <laughs> book, not me to a certain degree. Right. Especially when I don't know, like the the actual like when it, whenever it has been delving into like the political angle, it's been mostly pretty boring or like. I mean, the best example I can think of that we've been reading recently is just how uh, wishy-washy all the stuff with the peacekeepers has been. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, it doesn't thrill me to read any of that stuff because there's not really much juicy going on there. I will say, I do think that there's something fun and interesting about the section of this chapter where the stylists are talking about all of the stuff that they want that they are not getting. Mm-hmm. I some actual meat on the political end of things for once. Yeah. Yep. That all makes sense that that would happen. Like they start noticing these things happening when their access to like luxury goods is interrupted. Right. It's like, yeah, sure. That makes sense. That's a like fun observation and like a, 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 a characterful thing for them to be concerned about. It's like that. That was something. But it. It just just it really is overshadowed for me by like, oh, God, I hope that the I hope that the Hunger Game is fun this time. <laughs> yeah, I hope it ends quickly because there there's no way it's just going to play out an entire Hunger Game where where Katniss just wins. Right. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. make any goddamn sense. And I will not believe that for a second, like if it just tries to replay it. So something is going to happen that's going to set this hunger game apart from the last one. So let's just hope it it, it wraps up. <laughs> like so I I see two I see two options here cuz we're the thing I was thinking about reading these chapters is that we are I think I I last checked we're like just under halfway through now. Mm-hmm. Which isn't much time for there to be a hunger game that has stuff happening after it at least i'm like here's the thing i i i sure hope that there's stuff after a hunger game this time because there's been so much setup in these chapters with district 13 and um all the rebels who have the mockingjay symbol and that one game maker what was his name uh uh, the, the the mysterious guy who was like, Mr. I'll be important later. <laughs> I wanted to say Cornelius Fudge because of the curse, um, but that's not it. <laughs> it was something like that, though. It was it was fuck. Uh <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was something something like that. Uh, and, and he so like he seems important. It seems it seems like there's something going on with like the game designers and, and stuff. So. I could see either number one, maybe the game itself is going to be something of a montage. I could handle mm. that. Mm-hmm. That would be maybe too much story to write that way. But considering that we got like the whole District 8 Rebellion story in that format and the mo- the training montage here, I could see a condensed Hunger Game that just sort of like hits the bullet points uh in like a chapter or so possible maybe question mark 
my other prediction or maybe not prediction, but like my guess here would be maybe the Hunger Games starts, but is like interrupted somehow. Right. Maybe some rebels break into the arena. Uh, maybe something happens in the capital and the games get canceled or I, I like I, who knows? Like, like I, I, I like I could see something like that where it's like the games start, but we don't stay there very long, potentially. Yeah, that could be kind of fun. But I, I hope that it's not just another game because it just. I, I, I'm not sold on this book's ability to deliver an exciting action thriller at this point. Yeah, maybe um, because Katniss is like set on her new mission to protect PETA and like not mm. actually live through the Hunger Games. Maybe she'll just like go complete sicko mode. This yeah. is like the dark middle chapter. She just goes sicko mode. Everyone's like, who are you now? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'll cool. stop at nothing. I'll stop at nothing to protect PETA for some reason. But it's cool yeah, and she's she like, like sniping people left and right. Turns out she's like fucking great at the Hunger Games. That could be kind of fun because that that would get us somewhere fun with. So you said something to me about this chapter that has been rattling around in my head ever since you said it, which is that this this reading, this pair of chapters feels really fan fiction-y. Mm-hmm. And not in, you know, obviously everyone, you know, I, I probably don't have to give this disclaimer, but 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 just in case, uh, like not in the sense that like, oh, fan fiction stupid or whatever, but in the sense that it's uh, there's a weird thing it does where it keeps bringing up the character traits uh, to you like that's like the goal to like to, we talked about this a lot with like Snape in the later Harry Potter books, I think mm-hmm. in the, how, how sometimes these characters traits would come up sort of as a, like as a goal unto itself or like the McGonagall stuff, I think was, was where it got really bad in, in, in our Harry Potter readings where it was just like, because we know that this character has done X before it just sort of becomes a, a trademark of theirs or like we we will get scenes written just to get them to do that thing to like right. re- do the thing that's recognizable and then move on and that's sort of the goal of the scene and this chapter i think has that in spades yeah to the point where the characters are all discussing with each other how each uh, each of the other one behaves and how they know how they <laughs> behave it's just very surreal like i guess a particular style of fan fiction you often see where where the these these character traits are less understandings of like how characters would behave in certain situations and more like flags that like that get tripped and it's like yeah this this character does this when this happens type stuff right because the the major conflict in this chapter once Katniss hears uh, uh, that she and Peta and Hamish are the pool of champions for for their district is Hamish and Katniss agreeing that like well okay obviously Peta is gonna sacrifice himself for us, <laughs> <laughs> which is like really funny in a way but also really frustrating because I don't actually know enough about Peta I think in that regard to believe that. It's quite an assumption on someone's character. <laughs> it's it's a huge assumption. And also, like, I, I think that if the book had any sort of confidence that we recognize that that's the choice PETA would make, 
the the book the characters wouldn't have to point it out mm-hmm. but but instead we get this this odd combination of scenes where Hamish and and Katniss sort of like go like oh well you know Peta you know what what you know exactly what Peta will do it'll be this and then Peta similarly comes in and is like okay well I know you're the alcoholic so I have taken steps against that uh, and also we can't have <laughs> Katniss being the alcoholic it's just very clumsy I think yeah yeah totally like what do you what do you make of the scene where Katniss and Hamish have like a little heart to heart and Katniss starts drinking and then Peta shows up. Um, I love Katniss and Hamish together, but it is mm-hmm. um, a love for what feels like a fan fiction scene of two characters doing something that they would never do in canon. <laughs> you know, a little bit. So it's a surprising scene to see, even though I think that it's... Um, it's fun. Um, once again, Peta taking on the paternalistic role um, mm. out of nowhere, showing up to uh, flush all the booze away and tell Katniss that she's not uh, good when she's drunk or whatever. And it's like, dude, fuck off. That is like the, the most egregious part of this weird character portrayal here, because that scene is like arguing with itself. Hamish and Katniss sharing a drink. I think that's a really fun premise. It's a pretty good scene. Like if, 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 if some of the stuff with them just sort of like saying out loud, what all of their character traits are was sanded off. I think it could have been a really fun moment. Um, You know, sort of like Hamish rising up to meet Katniss on her way down type of scene. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like, like a really sad, but kind of fun uh, meeting between these characters but crucially it's like the first time she's ever had a drink in the book mm-hmm. and when Peta shows up and announces that he has flushed all the booze down the toilet and has told ripper the 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 bootlegger that she can't sell to Hamish or katniss anymore there's a moment where katniss has to say the exact thing I thought in that moment, which was, hang on, I've never been drunk before. <laughs> you don't know that you don't know this is something that's a problem for me. And PETA is at his worst when he steps in and is like the wise one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever enjoy those moments with him. And I can like, I have to sort of accept his like selfless, self-sacrificing side, even though I think it stretches a little bit of belief uh, for sure. Um, but I just don't, I don't like him when he's like this. Yeah. I the, the, Like I could, by him behaving like this, or I, I can totally accept a character behaving like this. Um, I love characters who suck. That's that's like my number one fiction motivator almost, right? Like, I love it when characters suck ass and behave badly. But the book presents this as such a unquestionable good thing he's doing, when in reality, he's just sort of being a bully the same way he is always a bully when he's not getting his way in these books. Number one example with a bullet being in the in the first book when he just sort of like announces on live TV that his plan is to uh, is, is that he has a crush on Katniss, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
and 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 berates her in the train and but also there's the bit you mentioned where he threatens to like make a bunch of noise mm-hmm. in the hunger game if if Katniss doesn't do what he wants and here he's threatening to sell the bootlegger out to the new evil cops who suck way worse than the old cops and will probably like kill or torture her. So it's like, I don't know, this is sort of a shitty move on PETA's part. And I could buy that (laughs) if we were supposed to think like, Ooh, this PETA is a very complex character who will, you know, he will stop at nothing to, to do what he to, to do what he believes is right. But it just like, because the book really casts it as like, Pete is getting his shit together. It's like, ah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's a little much. It's so it's so strange to me just because of how much the tone shifts in the book. Um, like, specifically with this move of his, where it, it does want me to think like this is this unquestioned good so that they can do their training montage and Hamish can get clean or whatever. But I'm like, actually, it, it is sort of a bad thing to take a like really critically ill alcoholics alcohol away. Um, And then also away from Katniss who has drank once ever. So I'm like, I don't know. I think that was like a bad move on his part. I would at least like the characters to have a conversation about it. You know, like if Peta's like, look, Hamish is a bad influence on you. Look at him. Like if, if the characters believed things, you know, and and like it tried to express those things and and like it all shook out one way or another. That would be so much more interesting than what feels like what is happening here, which is a fun scene happening that's fairly characterful. And then PETA coming in and sort of like swiping the chessboard off the table and is like, no, we have to move on to the next part of the story now. Right. I, so I've not seen these movies, but like I have like a prediction here because like we've been talking about montage here, mm-hmm. trading montage. And I know that the number one thing that comes to mind for most people for training montage is like, you know, it's like Rocky or it's like Top Gun or whatever. Right. Like like you you get a cheesy 80s song as you watch them train. Mm-hmm. This is a different kind of montage, I think. This is the sitcom episode training montage <laughs> where PETA comes in and announces that he has, um, uh, uh, you know, flushed all the booze and, is, and it's time for train. And instead of a, like an 80s like pop song coming on, we're getting like a like a like a Marshall snare drum beat, like a and we get like like a fun, upbeat, like military uh, uh, march type thing and like we get some comedy montage stuff of Hamish like falling in the mud <laughs> or like missing a throwing knife uh, but then they slowly improve and then at the end of the montage everyone's pretty good like that's what I'm envisioning here right? absolutely Cause, yeah because Peter's in dad mode this is this is this is the this is this is Hank Hill teaching Bobby how to shoot type shit right like, this is- <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it just it just doesn't feel honest to the characters, I, I think. It, it really feels like we are rushing through this to get the scene we want. And that's why we're having to reaffirm in dialogue what all the characters traits are. So when Katniss is like, oh, PETA will absolutely sacrifice himself for you. So uh, you should go up or whatever. It's just like, ah, come on. Like, <laughs> this is 
all of these things could happen naturally, but we have to sort of like massage it by pointing them out. And I just, nah, nah, didn't really work for me. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, I don't really enjoy a character who is like willing to die for his childhood crush. (laughs) (laughs) For like no reason. Yeah, this is a preference thing from my part, but I just like I like Peta didn't learn or grow or grow into his love for Katniss. He's been the same the whole time, right? He was selflessly going to die for her minute one, mm-hmm. which I think stretches all belief. Um, yeah. And now I'm like, you haven't changed at all. We're just doing it again. Yeah, it has a. Uh, this is such a weird pull, um, uh, especially because this is one aspect of the movie that I, I didn't love at the time and still kind of scratch my head over. But this feels like it calls for something similar to that conflict in The Last Jedi with Finn and Rose, where like Rose has to like keep on intervening on Finn. Like, stop trying to make heroic sacrifices, please. Right. Uh, and, and and this has a very similar thing of just like it, it, it's presented as like this, you know, this 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 very noble thing, this very loving thing he's doing. But really, he's just sort of being obnoxious and wasteful. And if that was meant to be the case, that'd be fine. But because we are having all the characters say out loud what the reaction is supposed to be, we get the moment where where Katniss and Gale are like, damn, it's really hard to it's really hard to hate him. You've got to respect how much he's willing to die for something stupid. <laughs> Even Gale can't hate him. Even Gale can. can't hate him. <laughs> yeah, you, Gale is just like, damn, you know what? He you know, he might be my rival in this love triangle. Um, and he may be a huge asshole, but he's right. So what? I gotta respect it or whatever, right? Thruple real. Thruple real. Yeah, there we go. That would <laughs> that that would solve all <laughs> these problems. Although I, I think I think I I need to pump the brakes on thruple real, not because I don't want it, but because the bit where Gale is like, mm, but what if he died? Is like, and then what? <laughs> yeah, is kind of insane for him to say, and also makes me go like, uh oh, Gail's gonna end up being like bad or something, right? Like he's gonna like, ooh, he's gonna hope he's gonna hope Peta dies or something. Yeah, maybe. Although I like that Katniss is just like, yeah, that would have been easier, haha. <laughs> there, there's a version of this where I I would deeply adore the romance between Gale and Katniss being the most toxic, horrible thing ever, where they're just the most miserable people who are made for each other type thing. Right? Oh yeah. Um, and they were just like, as soon as Pete is out of the room, they just start bitching and are like, Oh, he is so, I'm so tired of his <laughs> good guy shit. But then I realized that, uh, that's just twilight. That's just me wishing we were reading twilight or something. That's right. Probably. <laughs> Bella would excel in this situation, I think. Absolutely, she would. If you put Bella... Bella is already the queen of being, like, unbelievably cynical about the nicest people in the world. Mm -hmm. Put her in an actually bad situation like the Hunger Games, she would, like, go Super Saiyan. It would be amazing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
there's so much character stuff here, which I sh- I feel like I should have enjoyed because the characters are the highlight of, of this book so far. But I, I really dislike being told what all the characters traits are out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this this one fell a little flat for me. Flatter than usual, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, there was one moment that I thought was genuinely incredibly funny and characterful, which was when there's the bit where so speaking of montages, we really power through the reaping mm-hmm. like 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 we just sort of like 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 breeze through it, which I, I don't have a problem with. But it, it does make there's one really, really funny part where the thing that Hamish and Katniss have predicted comes true where Hamish gets selected and then Peter volunteers. And then there's a, there's a line that like Hamish caught my eye from across the reaping and like rolled his eye or like gave me a, like uh, an unhappy expression (laughs) or something. And I was like, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's the kind of thing I want between these characters. And like that, that tells me more about how they understand how each other work more than any of them actually saying that out loud throughout the rest of the chapter. Yeah. Although, I will say, Mm. not related to that interaction necessarily, but I would have taken any other result of the reaping other than the one we got, which is, one, Hamish is selected and PETA doesn't volunteer and Hamish and Katniss have to go into the Hunger Games. Oh, yes. That would be sick. Um, Or... PETA gets selected and Hamish doesn't volunteer. Yes. Uh, anything for more drama, please. Yeah, right? Yeah. I need I need I need the drama. And that both of those are such fun wrinkles on it. Uh, uh Hamish not volunteering, that would be a really fun betrayal, and it would flip these moments that read to me as like telling us what the characters believe, like completely over. Right. Like it would, mm-hmm. it would make all that stuff make total sense. If Hamish is just like, Oh yeah, this is what's going to happen. So that'll be our plan. And then secretly what he's doing is just so he can, he could get what he wants, which is to like not get involved. Mwah, perfect. Right. What the other one would be, would be fun in a more base, but I think none, nonetheless, like fun, uh, a wrinkle would be, I just want to see Hamish do a hunger game. <laughs> right if we're doing a hunger game let's do it with with get Hamish in there the fun guy yeah this this like this sort of like uh like fun Hamish has been i think the most fun character in this book so far i i Definitely. enjoy him a lot um he has some actual depth i i really like that he is both seemingly very politically aware, but also completely burned out on that, right? Like, mm-hmm. he he's so much fun. Very interesting character. Would love to see him actually have to do some dirt. Uh, so maybe we'll get there, question mark? Maybe things will realign, I hope. But we did get the, like, least interesting combo here, which is everything goes exactly as everyone predicted, and then PETA has to go into the games. Um, who cares? Yeah, we've already done that. <laughs> he, he already biffed it big time. He already sucked ass at the Hunger Games. <laughs> he already, last time Peta was in, the, like, like Peta, Peta, you know, he clearly wants, like, there's a lot made, uh, of, of hay made in this chapter about um, uh, him wanting to, like, make good on, uh, he wants to protect someone, and he wants to, uh, you know, he wants to, like, 
perform well, I guess. But like his last outing in the Hunger Games, he immediately betrayed Katniss and joined the careers and like killed a bunch of people uh, uh, in in like a uh, uh, like quasi cheating posse. Then he got owned and fell in the mud and had to make himself look like a like a rock for three days. <laughs> then he had to get carried by Katniss into a cave where we were stuck for like 10 chapters where he had like he had to be fed like a baby bird. Um, and then he threatened to make so much noise uh, 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 to uh, to like get people to come and kill Katniss because she wasn't doing what he wanted that she had to like put she had to give him like the sleeping poison. <laughs> he sucked. He, he it's fine. Some yeah, of us are ass. just bad. He was terrible at it. <laughs> Some of us are just bad Some at top lane, PETA. It's games. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't jungle either, PETA. It's fine. I, I it I it doesn't make any sense to me either. I'm not I'm not I'm not queuing for it, you know? I'm not queuing for the Hunger Games again. Yeah, Haymitch won. Haymitch won the one where there were like forty-five people in it. Oh right, he won the quell, didn't he? Yes, he won yeah. the like fiftieth or whatever. Yeah, so he's like a big. He's a big shot. He he probably has some crazy kills that he could tell some cool stories uh, about. I want I want the Katniss Haymitch Hunger Games so bad because they would have so like they're so similar to each other. Like this mm-hmm. chapter really like hammered that home, like how they are. Yeah, more alike, and Peta. They even are like, "Oh, Peta's the good one of our our trio, or whatever." But they would like have to team up for a little while, anyway. But mm-hmm. they would have so much like paranoia about each other, and it would yes. be so good. Oh my god, they would be planning. They would both be planning their exit strategy against each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. Also, you know who would tell Katniss to take a kill when she has one? It would be fucking <sighs> Haymitch. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be like, "Why aren't you shooting? Why aren't you sniping them? Why aren't you go for it? Not, time is now, right? Like, yes. oh, they'd be such a bad influence on each other, and it would rock. It would be super cool. This has to be like ninety percent of Hunger Games fan fiction, right? <laughs> like, what the games would be like if it was just Hamish and and Cat is kicking ass. Yeah, like it has to be like alternatives to this selection, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, even even like Gale would be like fun in this position, right? Like, yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I, anything but another. P, P, OK, here, here, here's 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 what it is. PETA is really going to have to carry his weight in a new Hunger Games if 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 I'm going to be interested, because he, he just did so badly last time and was so annoying and, and like not an interesting romantic prospect throughout the whole thing, crucially. Right. Like. I, uh, I I just I, I I can't imagine not wanting someone else in there. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm giving the book the opportunity to ch- prove me wrong. Right. Like I, I'm fascinated by this choice, but but I don't know. I just don't know. I I don't want him there right now. No. Um. Speaking of the quells, I will. I I, I think that is my favorite detail in these chapters. I think that the really really scary sinister like TV presentation where uh, Snow lists off what the previous quells were for and what they like signified, like, like, you know, like the weird, the, the nasty, like 
symbolism of each version of the quells. I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool, really, really good uh, 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 villain booking stuff here. And I I really like for for as annoyed as I am, as it is uh, uh, like, uh, uh, oh, it's it's Hunger Games All Stars, which feels like a fairly boring <laughs> one. I at least like the flavor. I, I like the flavor text that they they wrote for it. Let, yeah. I'll say that right. Like, uh, I, I'm like I, I I love how pointed it is, given the situation that the capital is in with all the rebellions and the uprisings and stuff. And and like the this this is the best camp that this book has done in a while. Right of like portraying the capital as this just like. Star Wars Empire level twisted evil empire, right? right. And, and and the uh the the poetry in their their oppression of the districts is like I, I think a really thematically appropriate way to handle that. I, I, I thought that was really cool. Very that was some of my favorite world building, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that stuff. Although I will say that if I were evil king of the world and there was a symbol of an uprising that is a person, I don't know if I'd put her back on TV. That that part is yeah, <laughs> like I I sort of get it. Like like I from 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 the air, like, I guess there's like an arrogant way he could he could be spitting this and just like, "Oh, and she's going to die." But we know we we know we know she's going to win. We know she's going to win. She's the protagonist. Like, come on. She's not going to die. So it it does raise the question like is that the right call as the supervillain? <laughs> It's, I mean, yeah. even if she die, I mean, there's like two bad options here. One, she wins. That's pathetic. Like you, you have yeah, failed the utterly. As the really takes an L if she, um, yeah, yeah. That's that's terrible. Or the like symbol of the rebellion gets like murdered on TV. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. She either wins and makes the capital look like losers. Um, which is exactly why they're mad at her already is 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 them feeling that way about the berries thing uh or she becomes like even more of a martyr right like mm-hmm. <laughs> which just feels like a lose lose for the capital here um i don't know i maybe if if we were trying to go like most evil bad guy thing to do possible it would be like uh, this year, to remind the districts that uh, I am king of the damn world, um, I'm handpicking every uh, every uh, 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 tribute this year. Uh, and from District 12, it's Gale and Prim. OK, bye. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, that I think might have, you know, for make make Katniss watch. That seems like the more e- the evil thing to do here in this situation. Uh, yeah. And then what would she do? And then we've got a whole book about what she would do instead yeah. of sending her back yeah. to the goddamn Hunger Games. Yeah. I bet she'd do something fucking cool, right? She'd like, I don't know, she'd like go Sam Fisher mode and sneak into the, the Capitol and try to snipe some guys. I don't know, something. That'd be cool. Yeah. 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 Um, it's definitely a little silly, but I at least I I love the uh, I love the evil the evil envelopes the uh, uh, 
Um, 25th anniversary is a reminder of the rebels that their children were dying because of their choice to initiate violence. Every district was made to hold an election and vote on the tributes who would represent it. As a reminder that the two rebels died for each capital citizen, every district was required to send twice as many tributes. And then as a reminder to the rebels that even the strongest among them cannot overcome the power of the capital, the tributes will be reaped from the, their existing pool of victors. I like those as like, yeah, super fucking evil, nasty and and also as as like camp and arch as it is rooted in real shit that like happens under oppressive governments right like like just just very very on the nose a good a good science fiction reflection of something deeply evil and real in the same way that i've like talked about how like this book series just can't seem to like decide on a tone whether it's trying to be like documentarian or trying to be star wars basically right right um this is the best uh uh uh, trip into fun but you know fun but like meaningful territory i think they've done in a while there's a there's a little bit more clarity in the in 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 tone and purpose of this this particular like evil capital deed here i'm like yeah yeah okay i get it like yeah. That makes sense. Um, I just don't know where it's going from here. We've got the most boring guy in the in the games again. We have to do another games period. I'm just mm, what do you, what do you think? What do you think's coming? Uh, I have no idea. There's no way it's just going to play it straight and have Katniss win another Hunger Games, right? Like, that doesn't make any <laughs> damn sense. So <laughs> I'm I've, so I, curious. I have I have no real guesses to be honest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, me either. I'm 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 fully I guess I guess it, um, on the other hand, I guess it is sort of a good place to be in that like the, the the stage being set here is so familiar. I'm like, well, this possibly can't be it. Right. So uh, in that sense, I am like excited to see what's coming next. Right. Like, yeah, that's that's the most I can say for it for for this reading, at least. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Sort of a dud, a clumsy way to get us back into the Hunger Game, I think. Right. Anything else from this chapter, or do you want to open some packs? Let's open some packs. All right, let's crack some packs. We are so close to getting everything uh, we want, but we are sadly uh, uh, <laughs> still short of, of our Effie card. There's no Effie character card, by the way. Um I think we 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 got that mixed up, but we still haven't gotten the FE scene card, oh. which is what we're looking for. I need to double check. I've got I've hopefully one of these packs will have that checklist card in it so we can we can check on air. But uh, <laughs> I think we're getting close to having everything. Why would there be no FE character card? There's like a Marvel card. Yeah. Weird, right? Um. OK, so opening pack number one here. We've got a Gale Hawthorne character card. We've got transport ship again. We've got (laughs) Cato and Glimmer, another Gale Hawthorne, and then two poster cards. If there's anything. So so number one, I I keep forgetting to post a picture. We do have the full poster now. So that's one big check off our our list. Great. Isn't that exciting? Um, I think the funniest thing about these things is the fact that I keep getting two or three poster cards in one pack, which just feels mm-hmm. like you, that shouldn't be allowed to happen. If you're making a, a, a trading card pack, like 
<laughs> that's just so that's 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 a problem for you, the cart maker. You're making it easier for people to get the damn, right. the damn poster. Okay, pack number two. Ooh, hey, bitch, Abernathy scene card. He's sitting in like a big old hand chair. He looks crazy. This is kind of awesome. Peter Melark, you know it, you love it. The son of a baker and forced to fight in the Hunger Games with Katniss Everdeen, the female District 12 tribute. Peter confesses his love for Katniss before the games, which may or may not be strategy. And we're doing it again. <laughs> and we're doing it again. Do you think do you think it may or may not be strategy this time? Hard to say. <laughs> uh, two Katniss Everdeen scene cards. Ooh, we have a new scene card here. The Reaping. We've got wow. the Reaping here. And then uh, an, another Peter Mellark character card. Wow. Two, two may or may not be strategies in each pack here. Nice. All right. Pack number three. Hey, another President Snow character card. We already got that, but you know what? I'm always happy to see him. Then we've got another poster card. Ooh, a Gale Hawthorne card. Not who the cast. You know, we, we haven't done the movies yet. I got to say the cast does surprise me um, mm. because Gail is not who I would have picked for Gail. And PETA, did you know, is in the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I did know that, actually. Yes, I completely forgot to bring that up at the beginning of the episode. But uh, very that's my first taste of <laughs> of PETA Mellark is the security right? guard in Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, if an animatronic bear bit. Peter Mellark in half in the Hunger Game. That would be cool, I think. That would be cool. Okay. Katniss Everdeen scene card. Another. Ooh, another. Th wait. Oh my God. No way. I wish. I need to start like filming these as I open them. Um, because I just again got another pack that had these same four cards in a row as the mm. previous pack. Box like, mapped. <laughs> these have been box mapped they got they got to the damn autograph card that's right and all the effies all right pack number four i'm doing it i'm going in Peta and katniss clove character card Ooh, caesar flickerman character card I think we've gotten a scene card of him, but not a character card. The charismatic and optimistic Hunger Games announcer is known for his signature look and ability to direct interviews. Wow. His signature look. Uh, and then Katniss Everdeen and Katniss Everdeen. Two different Katniss Everdeens. I think we've got... I think we legit might have every card except the fe one that we're looking for now wow uh, uh this this i i need to 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 take a look at the, the checklist card and confirm what we have um but uh but this this we might be approaching the end of this of this card curse that i yeah. that i gave myself i have so many fucking hunger games cards all around my desk now <laughs> They're like there's little piles of them. I've got like one on the bookshelf next to me. There's like two on like behind my monitor. There's a bunch on my bedside. I need to get rid of these damn these damn. You cards. gotta bring you gotta bring me some. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll split them. Maybe we have a collection for each of us in here. That would be crazy. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring you a trade binder of all of my Hunger Games. Yeah, cards. please do. All right, should, should we do one last one here? Sure. Okay. 
What do we got? Another Kato and Glimmer. Primrose Everdeen scene card. A Clove scene card. Foxface character card. Ooh, and a Seneca Crane card that we've not seen before. Uh, nice. Where he, he looks wild. Oh, my God. He looks like a vampire. That's cool. Uh, we, I feel like we got another Seneca Crane character card. This is a scene card and like it, it, we're getting a full body shot of him here rather than just the portrait, I think is what's making me go crazy here. But here I'm sending you a picture. Um, this outfit they've got him in is crazy. Uh, this is a, <laughs> this is some sort of, some sort of vampire or, or warlock perhaps. Oh, damn. Look at him. Or he's like Lucifer. He looks like Lucifer from the Lucifer show. Absolutely. <laughs> looks awesome. He looks swaggy. I want to know more. And this is the guy who like dies, I think. Dies. Oh, wait. Yeah, because he was killed for doing the Hunger Games bad or yeah, something. He, 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 <laughs> the President Snow didn't like the patch that he pushed. Uh, <laughs> Or is he the one who li- I can't for- remember if Seneca Crane is the one who dies or if he's the one who's like, I have a cool watch, Katniss. Anyway, got to go. I think he's the one that dies. I know one of them died. Yeah, I think he's the dead one. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, as 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 much as I would love, love to keep cracking these and, and rid myself of the card curse, I think we're probably good here. Shall we take it to the close? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting you use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. And Liz, what will we be reading next time? We will likely be reading chapters 14 and 15. Yes, at least. Uh, I think I think we may be considering... Uh, uh, changing up the format for the rest of this book a little bit, but um, it'll at least be those two for sure. Mm-hmm. So, until then, uh, happy Hunger Games. Next Hunger Games. But know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.